Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode 109 of the Seasus Show. It's your boy, Sir Seasus, and I'm back after a couple days. I know I just released episode 108 to you guys, but I was just so excited because the playoffs are coming up, and I had to give you my in-depth analysis of the first round of the Eastern and Western matchups. I'm so excited. So I'm just going to get straight into it, Um, but before I get into it, always, always, always have to be consistent with it. Last episode, 108, it was your boy, Sir Seasus, and Trade XXIV. Both of us discussed the play-in matchups and predictions and basically the, the, the ending to a very condensed NBA season as well, too. Well, today, Trey couldn't be here, so my brother, my brother chimed in and, and served as a replacement, and we're basically just going to discuss these playoff matchups. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, make some noise for my boy, my brother, Daryl Sharp. Let's get it. What's up? What's up? How you living, big bro? I mean, I'm good. I'm chilling, man. Here on the Circe's podcast with my dog. I feel that. Talk I feel all that. Things. I feel yeah. That. Yeah, man. It's been a while since you've been on an episode, man. I can't even remember. I think last time was, was it you, Jew and I? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I don't even remember what so, the topic was, but it had to be maybe like the like right after the draft or maybe before the draft or yeah. I can't really remember, but I'm happy that you, you know, could set aside some time to, you know, talk about these playoff matchups as well, too. So it's going to be a pretty quick podcast, probably quicker than normal. I think on average, my shows are about an hour, hour and an hour, 15 minutes. So this should be pretty condensed, um, you know, playing game starts tonight. Last one, Golden State first Memphis. So I got to get ready for that and whatnot. But um, let's get into Always the topics, to rock with For sure, for sure. Let's get into the topics, man. So we pretty much got C's one through eight locked up um the only pending one that's available or the only pending uh series is the one verse eight seed um in the western conference obviously utah is still waiting on the winner of golden state and memphis um i may look like an idiot or i may look like a genius when we go through these matchups i had the warriors already winning tonight so hopefully they win um if they don't then oh well we're just gonna have to crop that part out as well too uh but yeah i mean obviously um, they say that you're a Miami Heat fan, and uh, you know Miami Heat are going to go up against the Bucks as well too. So shout out to Warren for making this fire, fire, fire doc. The Bucks are going to be the three seed, um, and the Miami Heat are going to be the six seed as well too. Now these teams met three times in the regular season, December 29th, 30th, May 15th. In all these games, Jimmy Butler didn't play, which is crazy. Uh, as you all know, Miami Heat battled a lot of injuries and a lot of COVID protocols as well, too. So at one point, they were one of the worst teams in the Eastern Conference and one of the worst teams in the NBA in general. Um, at one point, I think they were like eight games under um, 500, and you know they managed to claw their way all the way up to the top of the of the top um, six seeds and. They had they got a chance to rest and and avoid not playing in the playing tournament, so that was very key for them as well too. So, uh, first meeting, Milwaukee but Milwaukee Bucks blitzed them on the revenge tour type of situation. They won by all, almost fifty points. Damn. Second game, Miami actually got their revenge, won by eleven. In the third game, Milwaukee won uh, by a little over, like I think a bit, I think about fourteen points as well too. Like I said, with all these games, Jimmy Butler did not play. And mind you, Miami shook up their 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 lineup or their rotation or their their roster, their personnel, whatever you want to call it as well, too. And they were able to acquire, um, you know, a big. And they're also able to acquire swingman Trevor Reza as well, too. And they also traded for, for Victor Oladipo. Now, obviously, 
uh, you know, Victor Oladipo is going to, you know, have some seizing in surgery, so he won't be able to play as well too. But uh, we're definitely looking forward to this, this highly anticipated matchup. One, because everyone is kind of the, 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 everyone's kind of classified Giannis as being the next up, having the, 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 the king to the throne. You know, when we think of the Greek freak, we think of royalty. And, um, you know, obviously the last two seasons when the Bucks have emerged, these last two seasons when Giannis Antetokounmpo has been the two-time MVP and also defensive player of the year, obviously with Kawhi, you know, being traded to the North, they lost, they were up two games to zero in the conference finals and then lost four games straight. And then the next year, you know, he had a little bit of ankle problems, um, but they ended up losing, I believe, four games to one, which sucked. Um, and, uh, uh, you know, they're looking for their revenge as well, too. So it looks like Giannis um, and the Bucks have, you know, a chip on their shoulder as well, too. They've been flying under, under the radar a lot as well. Um, and, you know, it should be a dogfight. But, you know, what's your opinion on this matchup? Uh, what do you think it's going to take for both teams to, you know, get to the top? And then at the end of it, who do you have winning and in how many games? I think, well, I think this, this might go, I think this is going to go seven games. I think Milwaukee with the addition of Drew Holiday, he adds another playmaker for the Milwaukee Bucks. So Miami doesn't have to zero in on Giannis. Um, I think for Milwaukee, it's going to come down to, is Giannis going to be comfortable knocking down outside jump shots consistently? Because Miami is going to play their zone. They're going to throw a crazy zone at them. And they're going to say, have you improved since the last time we met? And if he hits those jump shots consistently, I think, they beat Miami. I think with Miami, um, how are they going to, A, make sure they contain Giannis because Giannis is going to get his number, but also worry about players like Chris Middleton who can beat you inside and outside, Drew Holiday who can create for other teammates. So I think, I think Miami is going to have to worry about containing those three key playmakers and also being able to knockdown shots because I think the Bucks are a top five offensive team. So they're going to have to score with the Bucks as well. But, you know, I'm a Miami Heat fan. I, I'm, I'm going to say Miami is going to win. My heart is saying that. But if I'm being realistic, I think the Bucks are going to probably win in seven games. Mm, that's interesting as well, too. And what's interesting about Nadia, or not only the series, but all the, the matchups in, in its entirety Last year was very unprecedented, right? Like everyone was yeah. in the bubble as well, too. A lot of the Miami players, excluding Bam and Udonis and Jimmy um, and Drogic, all of them were relatively new, um, you know, in the playoffs as well, too. One thing holds constant is every possession is going to matter. You're literally preparing for a team um, night in and night out for over the course of seven games as well, too. It's not like the regular season where essentially you have what? every other game, I mean, every other night you have a game, so you're not really keyed in and locked in on that one, one particular team as well, too. So um, I think it's going to be interesting as well, too. And, uh, you know, it's going to come down to Giannis, like you said. You know, he's improved a lot this year as well, too. It seems like he has more control. Um, he's a little bit more comfortable in his jump shot. Uh, there's less pressure to go, um, you know, on Chris Middleton as well, too, with, like you said, the acquisition of not only getting Drew Holiday, but also they picked up P.J. Tucker, who yeah. has that, you know, championship caliber DNA that you need as well, too. And they also picked up Bobby Porter. They picked up Brent Forbes. Yeah. Um, so they have a lot of moving pieces that I think – that will help them to, you know, get to where they need to be. 
but you know it's going to be you know Giannis's ability to read and react because like you said they're not only going to build that wall they're going to throw different combinations of zones they're going to go man so it's not going to be the same exact defensive you know defensive strategy for a couple of, for over the course of a game because I, I forgot what game I was watching when Miami was playing. It may have been the Knicks. Or I don't really know who it was, but they literally went from 2-3 to 1-3-1 to 3-2 to, yeah. to pressing. I was like, yo, what the heck is going on? And that's so stressful um, because you have to not only rely on your instincts, but you have to rely on, you know, your personal, you know, team camaraderie with you guys actually sitting down and watching film as well too. But you got to be able to react on the fly. So yeah. now, now the thing is, is like, is – is Giannis going to be able to react on the fly? And he can only do but so much. Do we trust him in the clutch? Now we have this, this guy in Girardi who's going to relieve that pressure. So show me what you got as well, too. Chris Milton already proven last year, obviously lost in the five. He played pretty consistent. Role players weren't necessarily knocking down their shots as well, too. With Giannis getting much improved, Drew Holiday coming there, you know, we came in for, I feel like, this should definitely take the stress off of Giannis and, and um, Chris Milton as well, too. So, um, yeah, role players going to knock, going to have to knock down their shots. And, you know, Drew is going to come down, uh, you know, to, to Drew, to Chris, as well, too. Um, and another thing I'm curious about with this matchup as well, too, being as competitive as, you know, individuals are, you and I, or you just as NBA players in general as well, too. When you see someone keep getting buckets on your ass, and you're the leader or you quote unquote are the best player, you kind of want to say, all right, this dude's been busting your ass for a while. Let me guard him. And last year with the games that Giannis was available for before his ankle injury, he didn't guard Jimmy Butler. And when he when he got asked after these post-game interviews, they were like, well, he was like, oh, well, I'm just going to you know do whatever the coach tells me to do. Yes, that's true. But at the end of the day, like, if he's giving you pro, if, if if Jimmy's giving you problems, if, if he's giving Milton problems, then then I think you have to you have to take that ownership um, and try to defend as well too. Now I think this time around, I believe that that they're going to put multiple bodies on Jimmy Butler, but I think I think Drew Holiday is going to be and, and Milton are going to be the key assignments on him as well too because you have to kind of cut the head of the snake off, right? So I think both of those guys are going to do a good job on him. Um, and make him work for his buckets. Jimmy's gonna still put up his numbers, but they're gonna they're they're gonna they're gonna take on that assignment, and then kind of like LeBron James in the latter part of his career, even you know through the middle of his prime as well too. Like for example, that series where it was uh, uh, Miami versus Chicago, and Miami ended up winning four one. First game, D Rose went off, and then LeBron's like, all right, yo, let me shut this down. You know what I'm saying? So if Giannis doesn't necessarily guard Jimmy the whole time, obviously we're also in a switching era as well too. I would like for him to at least guard him going into the fourth quarter in pivotal moments or in the spurts as well too, to just give another, another look at it um, and make Jimmy, you know, have to decide as well too. So um, I, I think Miami can win. I mean, they're the Eastern conference champs until proven otherwise as well too. I think it's going to be a dog fight, uh, but I'm leaning towards the Milwaukee Bucks even though I have much love for both sides of the spectrum as well, too. But um, I think the Bucks, you know, not being in the bubble, having um, home court advantage and, and fans actually being able to come back as well, too, that's going to be something that's going to work in their favor. And I'm also going to, you know, I'm also wondering with these young players, like we mentioned, Duncan Robinson, the Kendrick Nunn, um, a Bam Adebayo, um, a Tyler Hero as well, too. 
are they going to be ready to be in that hostile environment? Obviously, it's not going to be at capacity, but are they going to be ready to be in that hostile hostile environment and be able to perform as well too? Um, and because in the bubble, you're literally just in a box. Now you have to not only worry about your job, but other extracurricular activities that you that's going on as well too. So if they can essentially have their mind right, they already have a great coach with Eric Spostra. And if Jimmy Butler, a lot of times last year with Jimmy Butler, he kind of take he kind of took what the defense gave him, um, and instead of being that guy that's in attack mode right away, right away, right away, he was looking to get everyone else involved. And then he's like, "All right, well now it's time for me to score since people don't got it going." I think he has to be in attack mode from the jump if they're going to want a shot as well too. But um, a lot of bias, a lot of bias for them. I, I can see Bam um, guarding guarding Giannis as well too. I can I can see Jimmy guarding him for a little bit as well too, and also Trevor Ariza as well too. And you have Deadman. Um, who's a tree there, who's newly acquired as well, too. So they got a lot of bodies there as well. So it's going to be a dog fight. But if I had to choose, um, my heart wants to go with the heat. But I but I think Giannis knows what time it is. Um, and, and I think he's going to leave it out on the floor. So I, I got I got the Bucks in seven games. So, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> everything you said, I agree. I think to answer your question, like, is playing in a hostile environment going to affect players ability to perform well I don't really think that matters these are all professional athletes they played in arenas with 20,000 plus people screaming at them before I think with Miami they have playoff experience like deep playoff experience so I think what is going to come down for Miami is where do they find scoring from right if Jimmy Butler isn't um, playing well Tyler Hero kind of struggled early this year um, is he going to be the Tyler Hero that we saw last year who provided those quality minutes off the bench, right, and produced at a high level? So I think that's going to be Miami's concern. Where are they going to find scoring from? Uh, for me, I think that the Bucks defense, they have a top-tier defense, they have a top-tier offense. It's just going to be too much for the Miami Heat to really deal with. So that's, but I think it's going to go seven. It's going to be a very competitive series. I just think at the end of the day, I think Milwaukee has a little bit too much for Miami. Mm, okay, cool. And then the next, you know, I'm keeping in the East and we're going to go to the West as well too. So this four or five matchup is going to be very, very interesting as well too. We have a revitalized New York Knicks, revamped New York Knicks um, team, you know, who's led by Coach Tibbs and also by their all-star caliber player, Julius Randle um, to go along with his company as well too. And they're going to go up against the Atlanta Hawks who we've had high hopes for since Trey Young has got, has gotten drafted and, and pretty much given the keys to this organization as the star player as well. Uh, so some things to kind of look out for as well. Knicks are going to have home court advantage. I don't remember the last time the Knicks had home court advantage. Uh, so they're the number four seed going up against the Hawks who are number, the number five seed as well too. They played, they played three times, um, January 4th, the Knicks, Barely won um, by five points, 113-108. 15th of February, the Knicks won again by 11 points, 123-112. Um, and then New York won again in overtime, 137-127. So it was a series sweep. Um, and if memory serves me correctly, let me do these calculations real quick. Julius Randle in those three games averaged 37 points. <laughs> so um, you have the top rank, one of the top ranked defense going up against a high power offense. Um, and, you know, on the um, offensive standpoint, you know, you got Trey Young, who, you know, most consider 
one of probably one of the most skilled, you know, young point cars under 25. You got a, the swingman they newly acquired, Bogdan Bogdanovich, who's been averaging 16 this year, is a great shooter and also a playmaker. DeAndre Hunter, who's had a good year, averaging 15 points per game. He's tough. Lou Williams as well, too, who's one of the reigning six men as well. Danilo Gallarelli, who's had a, you know, a great, 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 um, you know, revitalization of a career as well. Solomon Hill, Kevin Harder. Um, they have a lot of different pieces with Clint Capella, who's been playing damn good for the center position as well, too. So I think it's going to be, um, you know, a pretty solid series. I don't have too much to say as well, too, because I haven't really watched the Hawks play as much as i like to. But towards the end of the season, I started watching the Knicks as well, too. And they do have an identity uh, in which I think the Hawks don't necessarily have one. But you can also argue that once Nick McMillan, shout out to Nick McMillan, got promoted to coach, they turned the season around as well, too. And I think when he took over, I think they were like 27 and 12 or some record like that as well, too. So um, it's crazy because it's like, yo, who are you going to lean on? You know what I'm saying? And who, and who do you got who, who do you got winning this matchup? Like, who are you going with? Uh because because I think both teams are led by young players as their as kind of like their best players is going to be interesting. We've never really seen Julius Randle be the leader of a playoff team, nor have we never we've never seen Trey Young be the leader of a playoff team. But I think I think what the Knicks can lean on is Tom Thibodeau and his defensive strategy and having a playmaker like Derrick Rose, who's been in competitive playoff battles to really kind of dictate and really keep that team at a level of high competition for the playoffs. For the Atlanta Hawks, it's going to be interesting to see how Trey Young really plays in a playoff setting, like his style of play, his playmaking ability, when teams really get an opportunity to really zero in on his game. So it's going to, I, I think Atlanta Hawks have a lot of good young pieces. I personally think this series is going to go six. New York is going to win just because I feel like New York has a better defensive strategy. And I think they have better players when it comes to playoff matchup. I think I don't necessarily think the Hawks really match that well with New York. I think you can put Trey Young in a lot of different pick and roll situation and really exploit that matchup from the New York Knicks side. So it is going to be really interesting to see what type of offensive strategy the Hawks use against the Knicks especially a Tom Thibodeau defense. So that's going to be interesting to see. But with that being said, I think it's going to be good. It's good for New York to have the Knicks in the playoffs. A home seat. We're going to see Spike Lee out there. But, you know, it's going to be it's going to be a good battle, but I got the Knicks winning in six. Yeah, um, I kind of agree with you as well, too. Knicks winning in six. Um, if they really up for the challenge, five. But I think six is reasonable. I think Atlanta is going to be able to – you know, sneak and get two home wins as well, too. Um, they're one of those teams where they're kind of like Portland, right? Where to, in order to beat you, we got to put up at least 115, 120 points as well, too. So they can find themselves one or two nights just being getting hot from the three-point. Yeah. Um, you know, rot them out as well, too. But like you said, I'm still sticking to the philosophy of defense wins championships. You have Coach Tibbs, who's been deep in the playoffs as well, too. You have veterans on that team with Taj Gibson and Derrick Rose and Bullock and all those boys as well, too. Uh, so when it comes down to crunch time, um, I think the Knicks are going to be able to get those defining stops. Um, and I think Derrick Rose and and the emergent Julius Randle, I think they're going to take them over the hump as well, too. So I agree with you on that. And um, moving on to that, 
you know, we got the two seed in the, uh, you know, Brooklyn Nets yeah. going up against the seven seed in the, um, you know, the Boston Celtics. So very, very interesting matchup, man. Um, it's a little bittersweet because I have so much love for Tatum um, and so much love for them boys in, over in Boston. But we got to be realistic, you know, saying <laughs> Jalen Brown's hurt. <laughs> Jalen Brown is hurt. He injured his wrist um, and he had surgery and he's not going to be, uh, you know, be able to touch a basketball for another three months as well, too. Um, so that's going to really hurt for them as well. Um, and and that sucks, you know, so it's, it seems like everything. They're, they're one of those teams, right, where and I was talking to Trey about this all 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 year long during the season. We were like, yo, like, what's good with the Celtics? Like their identity is kind of gone, like as you know, Gordon Hayward leaving and, and and this player leaving, like has that really took a toll on him as well too, because they pretty much had the same core um, and it added some, you know, solid pieces and like a Tristan Thompson, Evan Fournier and whatnot. So I thought they would be poised to, you know, be able to make a, ble- a deep playoff run as well too. But with Jalen Brown going down, um, that kind of hurts as well too. But they're one of those teams, you know, even when they're going, even when they're having an up and down season, I thought, because of their past history with going deep into the playoffs, because I think Jason Tan has been in the conference finals twice now since he's been a rookie, they had that to lean on. So I don't know if it's a a true phenomenon where they say, you know, players can, or teams rather, can turn on that switch. But if there was was a small sample of teams that can turn on that switch, I think the Celtics would be one of those teams as well too. But um, what Kemba are we going to get? I mean, he's been looking healthy as of late. Obviously, he missed the first chunk of the season as well. This team has also been battling COVID, especially Jason Tatum. There's been nick uh, and knack injuries um, all throughout this roster as well, too. Um, so well, the, what works in their favor is that James Harden, Kyrie Irving, and Kevin Durant have only played eight games together this entire season as well, too. So it could be that situation where you know when boston from 2000 i believe six seven no 2007 eight season when they first assembled they had their struggles in the playoffs right in the first round second round they mm-hmm. won seven games and then they finally you know beat detroit in six games before going on to play the lakers and beat them in six i believe as well too so my thought process is they may have some instances where they have some growing pains um, and that may show as well, too. Like I said, even though uh, Jalen Brown is out as well, too, I still think the Celtics can win you. I think Kemba and Jason Tatum, with 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 the Nets not having a defensive identity, I think that if Boston's doing what they're supposed to be doing on the offensive end, because we know they play pretty sound defense as well, too, they'll at least put themselves in position to steal a game or two. And I think most games um, are going to be very well, relatively close games as well, too. I think Jason Tatum has earned that right to say he can at least win you one game in a playoff series as well, too. But for them to win, Jason Tatum got damn near average 40, Kemba got an average 30, and everyone just has to, you know, give their lion's share of the, of the end as well, too. But I personally think this is probably going to end in five games. Like I said, I think with Jason Tatum, he, he'll give you – him and Kimball will go off in one game and give you that. But we're looking at one of the best offensive threats that we've ever seen before. Um, the Nets just have everything that they need to get over the hump, at least in this round, with James Harden being fully healthy. Obviously, he battled a hamstring injury. All these players on the Nets have battled 
injuries, been in and out the lineup, COVID protocol, everything you can think of. But more importantly, their big three is healthy. Um, so when you have James Harden being the the quote unquote director, um, and then you have the main stars and Kyrie, and you have Kevin Durant, you know, as the leads taken away, um, I think that's going to really you know, help, help, help the uh, Nets get over the hump as well, too. I think it's just going to be overwhelming for, for the, for the Celtics. Um, and, and that's definitely going to show as well, too. So if I had, if I had to make up a decision, I would definitely go with the Nets in five. Um, mm. You know, what, what are your thoughts and what do you think the keys are to, you know, whoever you think is going to win the series? I think the Nets going to win the series. Um, it's just a matter if it's going to be a sweep or a gentleman's sweep. Um, <laughs> I think, um, I think it's unfortunate that Jalen Brown isn't there. You're talking about an all-star, a guy who's going to give you 20-plus points. Um, the one good thing, like you mentioned, for the for the Celtics is that the Nets' defense has been inconsistent all year. So if they keep the game close, they'll probably be able to, you know, if they execute down the stretch, be able to pull out one game. But I just think James playing, Kyrie playing, KD playing, that's just – Ain't nothing you can do with that. There's nothing you can do with that. We talk about 90 points from three players. Like, there's nothing you can do with that. Yeah. So I got I the think... I got I got the Nets winning them. I want I want to give JT some credit and say five, but it might be a sweep. <laughs> it might be a sweep for sure, man. And the thing is, James Harden is back. You know, what I'm yeah. saying if it was if it was just Kyrie and KD, you I may say that. six. Because James Harden literally is the head of the snake on that team as well, too. And you can stagger minutes now where you could have a James Harden come out early, you know, in the first quarter. And when the second quarter start, he just runs the unit. He runs the, he runs the show with the second unit as well, too. You know what I'm saying? Kind of like how his role has always been in Houston. He's going to do the same thing as well over there as well, too. But like you said, you got three superstars. Um, history will tell you. The team with the most talent, nine times out of ten, always wins as well too. So, um, yeah, I got I got them winning in five. But like you said, I wouldn't be surprised if it's a sweep. Is it, is it going to be a sweep, or is it going to be a gentleman sweep as well too? Um, shout out to the Washington Wizards, man. Um, they've battled a lot this entire year. Like I said, injuries and COVID has really messed them up as well too. At one point, they're I think thirteenth um, in the East. Yeah. And uh, you know, this past Sunday, they played the Charlotte Hornets uh, made a heroic comeback and were able to clinch that eighth seed. Um, they could have got the seventh seed uh, to go play up against the Nets in the first round. That would be a nice headline, KD versus Russ again. Mm. Um, but obviously, Jason Tatum went for damn near 50. And, um, you know, they're able to get their revenge yesterday against the Pacers and blew them out in fashion as well, too. So this should be an exciting matchup as well. But like I told you off air in our group chat, it's set up for Philadelphia to get to at least the conference finals. You know what I'm saying? So they're the, they're the number one seed for a reason. As much as I love Russell Westbrook and as much as I love Bradley Beal, um, I think from a coaching standpoint, Doc's River, Doc Rivers is head and shoulders above their coach. Personnel standpoint, head and shoulders above as well too. And then when you just deduct the superstars, the role players are better. They just have everything that essentially the Wizards lack as well, too. And it seems to me with the Wizards, they like to – they're a high-scoring team, too. They can score with anybody. But they're one of those teams who like who thrives off of getting, um, you know, a lot of points and gener generating a lot of points in, in the open court and transition as well, too. Um, 
But I think when you kind of limit them and the game slows down and they're in a half-court set, that's when they're going to struggle to score as well, too. And with Russ's inability to not shoot, I know we're not always supposed to kind of focus on what you can't do and focus on what you can do. But in this case, his lack of shooting is definitely going to affect them as well, too. And they don't have any form of defensive players that you can kind of lean on and say, oh, this guy's going to help me get stops. Rui's not known for his defense. Russ' defense has, you know, dipped down in the past couple of years. Bradley Beal, we forgot, is on a bummy hamstring right now. David Bertans, although he's a sniper from the three, he don't play no defense. Daniel Gafford is their big, don't play no defense. Ish Smith, great six man, kind of remind me of Lou Williams. No one plays no defense as well, too. So in order for the Wizards to win, um, I think they're just going to have to be lights out from three. Russell Westbrook is going to have to find a way to – be efficient and not turn the ball over when it matters most as well, too, because they've matched up three times this year. Um, and Washington has lost every game. Uh, but, you know, they've been high scoring games. One, one, one game, it was 127, 101. Another game, 141, 136. Another game, 113, 107 as well, too. Bradley Beal went for 61 games. We don't, and we don't remember that as well, too. So um, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. But I think – if I am Coach Doc, knowing that I have a defensive-minded team, you arguably have the defensive player of the year candidate in Ben Simmons, and you also have another defensive player of the year caliber playing Joel B as well, too. I'm thinking, who do you start Russell Westbrook on? Because with th- this is the series where – we, like I said, you focus on what you can do and not what you can't do. A lot of people always like to knock Ben Simmons for his three-point shooting ability or just his, his inability to shoot consistently. But I think if Ben Simmons isn't required to really score on the offensive end and he's just going to be the playmaker, get his teammates involved and play style defense, I might have him on Russell Westbrook and just kind of shut that shit down. Like, I mean, you can't, quote, unquote, shut someone down. But you can make it very difficult for someone, especially with this someone in Russell Westbrook can't shoot the ball. So I'm thinking they're either going to start Danny Green on him and put Bradley Beal on Simmons, um, or they're going to do vice versa around. But I'll probably start with Ben Simmons on Russell Westbrook from the jump, because if you can take away easy, easy looks for Russell Westbrook to get to the basket, easy looks for Russell Westbrook for a player rolling or whatnot as well, too, you might start with that. Or if you want Russ to do what he does, but neutralize Bradley Beal, then you put Ben Simmons on him as well, too. But I think, you know, they're the number one seed for the reason. Joel Embiid's had an MVP caliber season. There's no answer for Joel Embiid in the, in the, in the block as well, too. Even if he gets double team, he has Seth Curry, he has Tobias Harris, he has Danny Green. He has a lot of players off the bench as well, too. So from top to bottom, Philly's the better team. Um, as much as I love Russ and Beal, I got a sweep. Damn. <laughs> Damn, bro. Um, I think I think for the for the Washington Wizards, they're gonna have to run. They like they're gonna have to get all their buckets in transitions for real. Like before Philly can set up their defense, they're gonna have to just be going. I think Russ can do that. I think they're gonna have to play defense by committee. Like everybody gonna have to help out on B, Tobias. They're probably gonna leave Ben Simmons open for jump shots. Sixers got so many offensive weapons. They got Danny Green. They got um, the other Curry, you know, young Seth. 
So I think for the Wizards, it's going to be it's unfortunate because Bradley Beal does have a hamstring injury, so he's not going to be 100 percent. But they're going to have to get out there and grind it out. They're going to have to get buckets on the transition. I got Philly winning in five just because I feel like Russ can give you one, you know, triple double masterpiece, a 30, 15 and 18 game. So I got the Wizards winning one game and Philly. Philly just got to play like how they play all season. And this should be an easy glide to, to the second round. For sure, for sure, for sure. We're going to see. Uh, We're going to see. Moving on to the West. Uh, like I said, ladies and gentlemen, I'm sorry if I look like an idiot, you know, in the next couple of days when you guys listen to this. And like I said, I'm either going to be an idiot or a genius. So I believe tonight, um, <laughs> which is the 21st on a Friday, that the Golden State Warriors are going to beat the Memphis Grizzlies to get that eighth seed as well, too. It's just set up for the Warriors to win. One, you got Stephen MVP conversation. Two, he's one of the most popular players. Three, we want as much viewership as possible. So it just makes sense for the Golden State Warriors to represent and get that last AFC as well, too. Um, and four, Warriors have just been on a roll as well, too. Obviously, they lost the Lakers by three points by that crazy three by LeBron. But um, everyone's playing at an all-time high. Chemistry seems to be at an all-time high. So I expect them to go up against the Utah Jazz as well, too. So this is going to be a very, very, very good series as well. Um, you have an MVP player, three-time champ, um, best shooter, you know, in all facets and Steph Curry with this team going up against the most consistent team uh, from the start of the season to the end of the season in the Utah Jazz as well, too. So Utah, known for their defense. They have their identity um, they have a lot of depth. They have a great coach um, as well, too. So my question for you is, if these teams meet up, which I'm 99.9% .9 confident that they will, um, you know, who do you have winning? How many games? What do you think the key is going to be? Well, I want to say, A, Memphis is going to be a tough matchup. But um, if it is the Warriors versus the Utah Jazz, that's a, that's a tough one. <laughs> you got to play Steph Curry first round. Um, I think with Utah, Donovan and Mike Conley coming back, they haven't played in a while. So I don't know how their chemistry is going to be, right? They've still been able to win games. But adding Donovan Mitchell back and Mike Conley back, those are two dogs <laughs> that are going to put pressure on the Golden State Warriors. Now, with that being said, from what I've seen when the Warriors played the Lakers, they are a very good defensive team. With Draymond, Draymond has been a beast on the defensive side of the basketball. Mm. And then it's like, what are those role players? What is Andrew Wiggins going to do? Is he going to be a player? And he's been consistent all year. Shout out to Andrew Wiggins. Is he going to be able to help Steph Curry? Because Steph going to get his. Steph going to get you 30. Is Wiggins going to get you 20, do his thing on the defensive side? I think this series is going to go six. I just think Utah Utah has so many weapons. They got Donovan. They got, they got uh, what's his name? Conley. They got... Um, they got so many dogs. So I, I don't know if if the Warriors beat the Utah Jazz upset. Yeah, I took your hat to the uh, Warriors, Steve Kerr and Steph and Draymond and dogs. But they that would be a tough. That would be a tough one. I think Utah, Utah is just so complete as a basketball team. I think they're gonna get them out of here though. If that's the matchup, don't sleep on John Morant and the Memphis Grizzlies. Yeah. All right. So we'll do two things. 
So you gave me your thoughts on that. Now let's say if Memphis were to get that eighth seed, tell me how that pans out. That might be a sweep for Memphis. <laughs> Utah going to get Memphis out of here real quick. Mm, the same real Utah quick. that blew a 3-1 lead to the Denver Nuggets last year. I think I, I think that I think that blowing that lead just kind of inspired them to not take moments for granted anymore. So you're gonna see. I think Donovan Mitchell has been on a mission since him and Shaq had that little altercation. Well, really, no altercation. It's just an old, just the old head versus a new school cap type dude. But I feel like since then, you've seen Utah Jazz just turn the switch, and they've been dogs since. So, and I think John Morant still needs to work on a little, like his outside shooting a little bit more. And I think that team, though they do have what's his name, what's his Dylan? That's his name. Uh, Jazz. Yeah, no, the Memphis Grizzlies. What's his oh, name? Dylan Brooks. Dylan, Dylan Brooks. Brooks. He's tough. He's super tough. And they have the other dude that's coming back off an of injury. They've been monitoring that. I just think Memphis, though they're an exciting up and coming team, I just think going against Utah right now would bode well for them. So that's why I said Utah probably wants to play Memphis because that would be like a little nice get ready up for the next round. If they play the Warriors, that could potentially go seven games and that could get ugly. It could get real ugly if Steph get hot. Yeah. Um, love Utah. Uh, I love Diamond Mitchell. I feel like he's been kind of slighted all season as well, too. He it's also crazy because, pain. like, we – I mean, yeah, after, after that ankle injury, he kind of went down. But even before that, no one was really considering him as an MVP candidate because if we're going to go off the last couple of years, typically speaking, if your numbers are comparable – uh, to your team's success, then you should be in MVP consideration. So for him not to, you know, get any recognition before his injury is kind of crazy as well, too. So, um, but like I said, they've been a team that's been the most consistent. They have a lot of depth at all positions as well, too. They have reigning defensive player of the year, Rudy Gobert, um, to protect the paint. So I think it's going to be a game, a, a huge game of chess as well, too. And like you said, what can work in Golden State's favor is, they've kind of been on this tear where they have their identity, they're playing through stuff, everyone knows their role, and yeah. trying to reintegrate, like you said, a Mike Conley, who just came from a hamstring injury, and also Donovan Mitchell, who is set to come back game one. Um, they may kind of be a little out of whack, out of rhythm, when Golden State has just played every game basically like it's a game seven, especially with these playing games as well, too. So I think Golden State steals that first game, mm. and then Utah responds back. Uh, but it's going to be a back and forth situation. And I think home court is, def is definitely going to uh, prevail because I think Utah out of the, out of all the teams in the playoffs, they have the most fan, they have uh, the largest percentage of fans who can attend games as well too. Um, but it's going to take, a, it's going to take a while to, 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 you know, kind of cut the head of the snake off. If, if the war, if the Warriors had, if the Warriors had James Wiseman, that would be very interesting. It's crazy because they didn't really start to take off until he got hurt um, as well, too. But James Wiseman would have been key um, as well, too. And it kind of also makes me wonder, like, how would they have been, you know, with Wiseman and with the Clay Thompson as well, too? And I think Aaron Pascal is hurt and another player is hurt. So they've been battling an injury bug as well, too. So I think they've only been running, like, eight main rotation. Bugs. That's crazy. I have – even though I have as much respect for the Utah Jazz, I'm going to say Utah Jazz doesn't get the job done until game seven. Mm. That's how confident I am in Steph being able to at least have them tested um, and, ha and strike a little fear um, in the Utah Jazz as well, too. So I got the Jazz in seven. Seven. Now, wow. 
Yeah. So moving on from that, you know, we got the three seed um, in the Denver Nuggets. You know, I love my Nuggets. We talk about our 2K battles later going up against the six seed in the Portland Trailblazers as well, too. So you got Dame Dalla, you know, going up against Nikola Jokic, who looks like he's going to end up being the, when it's all said and done, regular season MVP as well, too. Uh, so the first thing that kind of comes to my mind when I when I hear of these teams right here is two years ago when, when Portland finally got over that hump and got to the Western Conference Finals to, you know, get swept by the Golden State Warriors, which is crazy because they're up, what, like at least 15, 17 and a half each game. I remember CJ McCollum game seven on the road in Denver, killed them, like mm-hmm. sent them home, literally packing, which was crazy. Um, both teams are relatively healthy. Obviously, my boy Jamal Murray, who's one of my favorite point guards, is out. Um, but the show must He's go on. He's going to be back strong. He's going to be back strong, but the show must go on regardless as well, too. So it's going to be one of those games where it's going to be who outscores who. You know what I'm saying? Um, and what role players are going to step up as well, too. Both equal, equal um, in my opinion, as well, too. But uh, I really don't know what this one, man. I'm, I'm leaning on you for this one. Who you got and why? Um, I got Portland winning in six. I think I think Jamal Murray, that, that hurts, obviously, what he brings to the table. You know, he was fantastic in the bubble last year. If if he doesn't go down, they probably get a top two seed. You don't know. But I think Dane, CJ, Melo, uh, Nurt back, uh, Covington, I feel like they have a starting five that's going to put pressure on the guys. Like, I think Denver's starting point guard. I don't think he can handle a Dame or a CJ or even a Melo coming off the bench, giving them like 15, 16, getting buckets off the bench. I think Joker is going to play great. I just don't think that they have enough to really slow down the Portland Trailblazers. Now, the, on the flip side, Portland plays no defense. So they're always going to allow a team to be in the game because their defense is so atrocious. So, again, if they had Jamal Murray and their defense was this bad, i got Denver winning in, like, six. But I feel like because they're missing their star point guard, um, and Joker is going to have to do a lot to get them scoring. And I've never seen Aaron um, Gordon really in a playoff setting like that really, really take over. Now they do have they do have Michael Porter Jr., who's been playing exceptional basketball, and I think he's going to be a great um, piece for them in this series. I want to see how he's going to play being the second option, and how Gordon is going to p- play being the third option. The one great thing about Joker is he can facilitate as a big, so you can run your offense through him and he can really pick apart that Portland, that Portland defense. But at the end of the day, I think the firepower that Portland can, will have against them will be too much. Um, but it's going to be a very competitive series. It's going to be a very competitive series. Oh yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Um, I think, I think, Dame is going to play relatively well, but I think there's going to be moments where he's struggling in a sense because even though they're missing Jamal Murray, Denver has a lot of size as well, too. Yeah. Um, and with small guards who are athletic, um, size is definitely going to bother them as well, too, so they're going to put multiple bodies on him. Uh, but you're going to have to kind of pick your poison if you're Denver, right? Are you going to try to take the ball out of Dame's hands? Because if you take the ball out of his hands, CJ can score the best of him as well, too. And like you said, yeah, he can go Aaron crazy. Robert, 
Yeah, getting Robert Covington, um, getting Derrick Jones Jr., having Melo, um, you know, Nurk is finally healthy now as well, too. You have all these players, and they got Norman Powell as well, too. They got a lot of firepower on the offensive end as well, too. Um, but I think Jamal Murray is specifically designed for playoff basketball. Oh, facts. He's a dog. Especially with Crush him as well, too. So I think although Michael Porter has been playing well, um, he may play well this series as well, too, just because Portland doesn't have the best defense. But I think – I think with no Jamal Murray at the end of the day, this is just going to be too much of a low for Jokic to carry as well, too. Um, so I got Portland winning in seven on the road and Denver uh, to advance to the Ooh. second round as well, Ooh. too. So I'm not mad at that. I'm not mad at that. That's going to be very interesting, man. Very I'm not mad at that. Moving on to your GOAT, King James. Obviously, I'm, re- I'm ready for this Drake bar whenever you come out about seeing triple rims and whatnot as well, too. But – uh, obviously, he's been battling ankle injury. He's missed the most games of his career in his season. AD has been in and out the lineup, kind of missed about a couple months as well, too, with that calf injury. They just acquired uh, Andre Drummond as well, too. Um, Dennis Schroeder is a new piece this, this year as well, too. Um, as far as, like, the post acquisitions, we haven't really seen them on the floor together. So we only got to see a glimpse of them for two games, mm-hmm. which was – a couple nights ago, and then the very last game of the regular season when Dennis Schroeder came back as well, too. Mm-hmm. Um, well, LeBron James, he loves to have um, a routine. He loves to have consistency. He loves to have his chemistry at an all-time high as well. Obviously, he made some comments a little while back saying he'll never be 100% again. Um, some people kind of take that out of context as well, too, but I kind of understand what he was saying. But he does have a banged-up ankle. He's monitoring. Um, so. It was great for him to actually win and get the seven seed, so he can just have another day to rest as well, too, as opposed to playing tonight and having to go fly and take take a take a plane to Phoenix the next day. You know what I'm saying? So it was good on his portion. Um, but at the end of the day, these are the defending champs, right? Um, and they're going up against the the red hot Phoenix Suns, who have been one of the most consistent teams as well, too, led by Chris Paul. Um, I'm, I'm gonna let you steer the ship, man. Who you got winning? What's the key to any team winning? Who you got winning um, and, and why? Well, um, first, I want to say shout out to Monty Williams. Uh, Should be coach of the year. Coach of the year, phenomenal coach. Shout out to uh, what he's doing with that, doing doing with that organization. Shout out, Monty. Um, shout out to the Phoenix Suns. I think Chris Paul, you know, he's provided that type of Chris Paul leadership where they're, they, they're competitive all game. They know they sets, they get into their sets well. Um, at the end of the day, I think this series is going at most six. I have the Lakers winning in five. I just think, I just think the Lakers, even with Anthony Davis and um, LeBron out, they still maintain a top three defensive team in the NBA. Like let that, you know, let that sink in. Like now you're bringing LeBron back who has an extra day of rest. Anthony Davis, outside of that bubble game, has been playing really well. You got Dennis Schroeder back with their top five defense. I think I think that um, – I think they beat – the Lakers beat them without LeBron, right? They beat Phoenix without LeBron. Now he's coming back. I think, I think Phoenix has had a phenomenal year. This is kind of unfortunate because the Lakers really are a top three seed. This is a team you will probably play in the second round or probably the Western Conference Finals. 
but I just think like LeBron isn't losing in a first round to nobody. <laughs> he damn sure ain't losing, damn sure ain't losing to the boys in the first round. I think um, it's going to be, but I think it's going to be a great alert, learning experience for Devin Booker. Devin Booker, a slept on superstar. He's going to do his thing. He's going to get, they're going to throw a lot of bodies at Devin Booker, Caruso, KCP. Um, uh, Braun probably going to guard him on some sets. But at the end of the day, I just think the Lakers defense is going to overwhelm Phoenix. And I just think Phoenix doesn't really have a lot of, outside of Devin Booker and Chris, who can really generate their own offense. Like Aiton is tough, but he's going he's gonna to go up against Anthony Davis, who's a dog defensively. Drummond, who's a dog, who can be a dog if he wants to defensively. I just think that the Lakers are the defending champion and they're getting healthier at this time of the season. I just think it's a bad draw for the Phoenix Suns. I just think they don't have enough for the Lakers. And the Lakers are probably going to win in five, at most six. Yeah, and it's crazy because we're 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 talking about how you know dominant the the, the Lakers defense is when Phoenix numbers wise is right behind them essentially yeah. as well too. They've been one of the best defensive teams as well. But I think what's going to be constant is 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 two things. I think Chris Paul, um, he's yeah. obviously earned that. You know, he's always been consistent. It's just been unfortunate with injuries or just bad matchups as well. Um, and then also, even though this is Devin Booker's first taste of the playoffs, um, I think he's just one of those players where you kind of just know by his DNA. Yeah, your dog. He's going to phase him. And like you say, your dog, and he's just going to put up his your numbers dog. or surpass his regular season numbers as well too. So, um why I got the Lakers is because they're defending champs. Um, they have more size. They're a top defensive team. They got LeBron and AD, who will be the two best players on the court at any given time. And uh, a lot of the Phoenix Suns players haven't really been tested and haven't been in the playoffs as well, too. Yeah. Only people that come to mind for me is Jay Crowder, Chris Paul, and I think that's it um, in my head right now. And then, you know, you have hella bodies, you know, for DeAndre Ayton. I think he's going to be the one that has an up and down series. Um, if he plays well, they have a shot. If he don't play well, I don't really think they have a shot as well, too. So, you know, Mikel Bridges, really good. Really great shooter. Playmaker, yeah. defender. Cameron Donson, great shooter. Dario Sarek, stretch big, solid. Cameron Payne, who's been better as of late. Um, they got Tory Craig, who's a three and D player. Frank Kaminsky, who's a stretch big seven. They got some nice pieces, they but I pieces, just feel yeah, like sure. I just feel like the Lakers um, just have too much on the line not to win as well too. So even though Phoenix is the number two seed, I think they're going to still be able to play free. But the two best players in the NBA since I've been watching basketball at controlling the flow of the game is LeBron. Yeah. It's also CP three. So it could be. Even if it's a gentleman's sweep, those six games, seven games, whatever you want to call it, if it's a sweep, gentleman's sweep, I think every game is going to be close. Because sure. CP3 is just going to have his players put in position yeah. to just be successful as well, too. So it's going to come down to the role players um, and, this, and just their ability to adjust game by game as well, too. But um, I'm going to say that. I, what? I'm going to say that if you're a basketball fan, this is the series to watch, like just to see how Chris Paul manipulates 
offenses and how he gets to his spots and then LeBron, how he puts pieces together. It's just going to be fun. Like if you, if you're a hoop fan, you just going to love to watch the chess match between Chris and LeBron back and forth. So I'm ready for it. Uh, it's going to be unfortunate because the Lakers going to win, but it's going to be competitive every game. Yeah. So I, I was talking to Warner earlier. I want to say sweep, but I was like, I can't be that disrespectful to CP uh, no, and the no, Phoenix no. Suns. But I think it's a gentleman's sweep. Like LeBron wants as much rest as possible <laughs> in his off days and then just to get ready for the next run as well, mm-hmm. too. So I think they're on a mission. Um, now, this is barring any injury. Obviously, if something happens, then the whole series can completely change. That's but for any series. That's for any series and for any, yeah, for any team. You're right. But uh, barring any injury, I got the Lakers in five, and that's no knock on Phoenix Suns. They had a hell of a season. Hell of a season. Um, they're only going to get better from here on out as well, too. So, so willing that uh, Chris Paul can play at this high level, but um, the Lakers are just the better team. It just kind of sucks because no one thought that AD and Brown were going to be out the most of the season, right? And they ended up having to dip all the way to the seventh seed. Yeah. So, um, it just kind of sucks how, you know, cards were dealt, but it's still going to be an exciting series. A four, five, six, or seven games, and like you said, it's going to be a battle of the, of the, of the, of the floor generals, yeah. um, aka best friends as well too. So that's that's going to be a hot. So, moving on to this last one um, as well too, and I'm so blessed, so excited that I'm going to be attending game one tomorrow. The I know you guys. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. Clippers versus. Um, First Dallas Mavericks is gonna be a, a pretty great, damn good series. I ain't gonna lie to you, man. Um, last year, and I believe this with my whole heart. Obviously, it was in a different environment. They're kind of in, in a in a simulation. But last year, if Porzingis don't go down and Luca don't tweak his ankle with PG mind not being right and play not being right, I really, 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 really had Dallas beating them damn which is crazy like Luca is just one of those guys who's basically like a Bron without yeah. the defense he's literally Bron um and he puts everyone in position to be successful and like I said Porzingis towards meniscus last year he seems relatively healthy if he's on the floor that's going to be a completely new story as well too so I believe um as far as the season series I think they only played each other I want to say three times and uh, I think the Clippers only won one game as well, too. Um, but there are a lot of different, you know, injury, injury-related problems as well, too. I do remember that that one game where I think Kawhi rested. The Clippers lost by 51 game. And I was just like, yo, what the hell is going on? Uh, so that's going to be pretty interesting as well, too. But um, I'm looking excited. I'm looking excited. I'm looking for it. And I'm excited for this matchup as well, too. Um, I think it's going to be one of those things where it's just a dogfight. Uh, but man, I, I like, the, I like the new, you know, the newly, um, acquired talent that the Clippers had. They were able to pick up Boogie Cousins as a free agent. They were able to sign, um, Luke Kennard. They were able to sign Serge Ibaka. They were able to assign a Nicholas Batum and what's going to be key for them, um, is, is playoff Rondo as well too. So yeah. the Clippers literally, if you look at every team in the Eastern, I mean, in the Western conference, excluding the jazz and, and I guess you can say the Lakers as well too, from a depth position, from, for, from a depth position, from different positions, from the point guard to the, to the forward, to the center position, they have everything they need as well too. 
Um, and I think the way that they kind of, you know, went out last year, um, they kind of been on their kind of revenge tour this year as well, too. And I think with this this time around as well, too, we saw Kawhi. Um, obviously, if he didn't have a nagging injury, he was playing back-to-back games. Him and PG actually have a rapport together as well, too. And, and it seems more potent than ever as well. Um, and the role players are playing at an all-time high level. Um, I think you're just going to have so many bodies to throw at Luka. So they might start Marcus Morris Sr. on him. Beverly might get a taste at him. Um, you, you might also have Kawhi on for a little bit, PG on him for a little bit, Batum on him for a little bit as well, too. So you got a lot of bodies to go at Luka. So sure. they're just going to try to wear and tear him down, try to get the ball out of his hands. Um, he's still going to put up his numbers, but he's going to struggle with that. Um, and then when you got Porzingis, Zubak has been playing well as of late, and Serge Ibaka is back from his back injury as well, too. So you have someone to kind of offset that in a surge. But um, at the end of the day, I think PG is going to finally get that monkey off of his back in the first round. Is going to be one of the one of the best players in this series. So um, with playoff Kawhi there, and like I said, just – this new revitalized, new revamped team. Um, I got, I got the the Clippers winning in in six games. Damn. Okay. Um, I think the biggest piece for the Clippers, for real, is Rajon Rondo. You get you get an opportunity to have a playmaker outside of Kawhi to really get Paul George into his spots, set him up for easy buckets. Kawhi can do his thing and not really have to worry about facilitating. And Serge is coming back. So that's going to be an added benefit. I, like you said, they have so much depth. And there's and, and they got players, if their head's in the game, they're going to be tough to beat. Now, the thing with Luka is he's so talented. He's such an exceptional floor general. He keeps everyone involved throughout the game. Like, he's playing chess as soon as, as, soon as tip-off starts. Like, that's how he would it. Like, he's just different. Um so if Kristaps plays well and the role players do their job, knock down open shot like Tim Hardaway Jr., knock down open shots consistently when the Clippers go on their run and the Clippers, you know, they're, they're, they, they have a lot of length and size. Like they can play, they can have a lineup where the point guard is 6'5 and PG and, uh, and Kawhi 6'8", 6'10". Surge 610, you know, they can do that. They can add that size and quickness to really stop Luca from getting to his spots, right? Because they're so strong and lengthy. But in order for Dallas to keep it competitive, I think the role players are going to have to be exceptional. They're going to have to run. They're going to have to run, keep it up and down. I don't think Zubak, if the if Dallas goes small, I don't know if Zubak's really going to get that much touches or tick this um this series just because he's He's a post player, and he's not going to be able to run with those guys. But I have it going six. I have Clippers winning. I have Paul George doing his thing. I think this is – I think Paul George waited the entire season for this moment. And he might – game one, he might go off for, like, 40-something. I really believe that PG is going to be locked in. Like, like, I feel like he's been waiting for this moment so long. It's like, let's hoop. Let's hoop. I'm, I'm ready to – he's just going to be, like – Anybody that's in my way is a bucket. I'm a bucket. That's what it's going to be like. And if he does that, it's going to be tough for Dallas to win. It's going to be mm. real tough. I got it going six just because I think Luka can steal a game in Los Angeles, but also win a game in Dallas. But I think the Clippers beat them in six. Yeah, I, I agree with you as well, too. And like I said, this home court advantage is going to be everything, um, you know, 
for not being in the bubble as opposed to for, as opposed to last year. So before we end things as well, too, who do you think has the most pressure on them in the Eastern Conference going through these playoffs and why? So I think the most – I think – I think, okay, I think the most pressure is probably the Brooklyn Nets because they got three superstars. And like you said earlier, if you have the most superstars, you should go to the NBA Finals because you have the most stars. But I also feel like Philadelphia having the easiest schedule, if they don't make it to the Eastern Conference Finals at least, are you, do you, what are you doing? Are you keeping Ben and Embiid or are you going to blow them up? And then there's also Giannis, right? Like you have, you have two MVPs. But in basketball terms, what do you have to show for it in terms of success? Like, are you going to be a two-time MVP that can't get past the first round or even make it to an Eastern Conference Finals for a consecutive year again? Or are you going to be the MVP that takes your team, which has gotten better? Are you going to take them to the next level? So I think if I'm saying the most, just because the Brooklyn Nets have had the most drama associated with their team all year, and you have three of the best players at their position, like they have to make it to the NBA finals or people are going to say like, yo, they've just, they were just a circus this entire, you know how the media does it. But I think each team, each of those upper echelon team have their own, their own um, pressure and their own um, challenges to overcome. So it's going to be interesting. I think at the end of the day, so you got Brooklyn Nets. I got the Brooklyn Nets being the most pressure team just because of the media attention around them. I said player. You oh, you said you go a team. Oh, player? player. Ooh, that's tough. I think player is going to have to be. Uh, I feel like it's James Harden. Then. James Harden because he's the only he's the only superstar from that B three who hasn't won a championship, and he did all that. He did all that thing in Houston trying to get out. You know, people joke that he wore a fat suit <laughs> to get out. So I think if he doesn't take Brooklyn to the next level and he doesn't win a championship, like it's not a bust on his, his career because he's a phenomenal player, but I feel like he's going to have the most pressure to get to that NBA Finals because he's the only one who hasn't been there but out of the big three. Mm. Yeah, I agree with you. As far as team Brooklyn Nets, just because of the star power that they have as well too, I don't really, yeah. put, I don't really put pressure on James Harden. It's literally, he's literally in Houston. He has a, essentially the same coaching personnel, but it's like a it's like an alternate reality where he stays in Houston and somehow the GM managed to bring in KD and bring in Kyrie as well. He's doing the exact same thing. And I think with KD and Kyrie being there, that takes less pressure off of him because he's not really called upon to score. He's just called upon to be the playmaker, be that vocal leader over there as well too. Most pressure, I was going back and forth between Joel Embiid and going back and forth between Giannis. I'm going to go not with Embiid because the way it's set up, in theory, they should get to the conference finals because you're going up against the, the Washington Wizards. Wizards who are banged up. Then after that, you got teams who haven't really had that much success in the playoffs, haven't yet alone yeah. been in the playoffs in the Knicks and the in the in the Hawks. And that's all you got to worry about to get to the conference finals. I got Giannis because, like you said, he's been an MVP the last two years, defensive player of the year as well, too. Every year, our biggest knock on him is when you get to the playoffs, when the game's online, we're in the half-court set. When we take away those lanes for you to be aggressive and get to the basket, what are you going to do? He has – he signed that Supermax. He got Drew Holiday. He got a couple of other core pieces that he needs with P.J. Tucker, Bobby Porter, Brent Forbes, all these guys. 
So now it's like, show me what you want to do and what better way to, you know, get past that first run against a team that Molly whopped your ass last year. So the only reason I, I feel that, but the only, I'm going to just say this real quickly. I'm sorry about the noise. Um, I'm, I think Giannis, if they beat Miami, he just de- he just defeated the defending Eastern Conference champions, right? Then if you lose to Brooklyn, you lose to you know three superstars. So like, yeah, you, you yeah you're supposed to do all that, but you just defeated the defending Eastern Conference champion, and then you went up against three super dogs. Like, what do you want me to do, right? But I feel that. It's crazy, right? Because we haven't seen – we saw the miniseries with the Bucks and, and the Nets as well, too. Um, obviously, James Harden in a play, but Giannis showed – Giannis yeah. is like the best player in the league, yeah. which is fucking crazy. <laughs> crazy. But I'm interested to see how – if the Bucks can get past the first round, how is that dynamic going to be with James Harden there? Because they don't really have a scouting report on him per se as well. Um, so they don't have no footage to kind of lean on as far as them going up against them. So – it's crazy because, like, I think the Bucks are actually a better matchup to go up against the Nets as opposed to Philly for some odd reason. I don't know why. I just have this instinctive feeling. Because Giannis but, is unstoppable. Yeah. But I have – I, I have – I have – I think the Bucks. I'm going to sound like a nut here. I think the Bucks have a better shot at beating the Nets as opposed to the Miami Heat for some reason. I don't know why. Did the it's Nets have a better – you say the – I said the Bucks have a better shot at beating the Nets as opposed to beating the Miami Heat. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. I'm, yeah. I just think I think Miami's defense, them schemes they be switching, can just confuse players, bro. <laughs> it really they go from a two three one three one to a to a three two. Like I think James, Kyrie, and Kevin are smart. They'll figure it out and they can just outscore you. I just think the Miami just doesn't have enough enough offensive firepower. If Victor Oladipo was healthy, that's a different conversation. He's not. So I think, like, I agree with you. I think the Bucs, out of all the teams in the East, I think it's the Bucs and the, the the 76ers who can challenge the Nets, who can really give them a run for their money. So turn, turning gears over, uh, what team do you think has the most pressure in the West? And then followed by that, what player has the most pressure in the West? Um. I guess we can go with teams first. I think with teams, I think it's damn. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say the Lakers because you're the defending NBA champion. And like, whether it's right or wrong, some people have critiqued the bubble ring. Was it really a ring? Was it wasn't? Did the Disney Plus trophy? Yeah, I say it's, they won the championship. They were the best team that year. Um, and, and if it's not the Lakers, I would say then. No, you stick with one. Stick with one, bro. Stick with one, stick with one. One. It's the Lakers. It's the Lakers. The most precious. Because just because they're the defending champions and people want to see if it's real. If you really want it, whatever that means, if you really want it for real, the bubble, we don't consider the bubble a true championship. People who say that are stupid to me, but (laughs) you're the defending champion. You got to go out there and prove it again. (laughs) You know what's crazy? you can argue Utah Jazz, but I was gonna if say you really that. look at every single team, all 30 teams, or I guess all 16 teams are in the playoffs right now. Obviously, Diamond Mitchell went down towards the end of the season, but they're one of the teams who, before that, didn't have any injuries. 
no COVID problems. You ain't hear nothing from them. So they kind of yeah. were already ahead of everybody as well, too. And they have so much depth. They have two They have two players off the bench, and Joe Ingles and Joe Clark and, and Jordan Clarkson, who are both nominated for six-man of the year um, to go along with D-Rose as well, too. But they had so much depth that they were able to, you know, just stay pretty much at 500 and still get a number one seed as well, too. Um, obviously, they're the best team in the entire NBA, but for some reason, like I said, they lost last year. They blew a three-one lead, so I don't really, I don't really have them having too much pressure. Um, I think they should get past the first round and the second round. They're probably supposed to go up against LeBron James. Do you really have them favored against the King if he's relatively healthy? No. Um, you can argue the Lakers as well, but LeBron's already LeBron and AD already proven what proven themselves they already got a championship yeah. and what works in their favor as well too they win the media everybody glorifies them they lose lebron won't 100 percent you know what i'm saying <laughs> so they have it's a double-edged sword with them as well too so for most pressure i got the clippers mm. one Kawhi leonard yeah we already know about the whole backstory Got traded, got traded from San Antonio, go to Toronto, win a championship that year. LeBron tries to recruit him to play with AD and himself. He says, no, I'm going to basically stay in the same arena as you, and I'm going to go at you. He basically takes away all the draft picks for the Clippers, brings in PG. PG, known as playing, uh, Playoff P, has a meltdown last year. Both of them have a fucking meltdown last year as well, too. And then this year, you know, they said this is a revenge tour. They revamped their roster. They have a chance to get the three seed, and then, and then the last two games, they bench all their players to get the four seed um, so they can avoid playing the Lakers as well, too. So now it's just like, show me what you got. Like, if you don't at least get to the conference finals, then y'all y'all ain't never going to win to me. If y'all don't get to the conference finals this year, then y'all ain't never going to win. So I got the most pressure on the Clippers, and also most pressure player is probably Paul George as well, too, because everybody, regardless of what you say from the East and West, Eyes are going to be on him. View is going to be through the roof. Is PG going to play great? Is PG going to play bad? If he, he going to play, play great. great. If he play great, oh, this is what you're supposed to do. If he play bad, you're too talented to be playing this bad as well, too. So, so that's my player. But who's your for PG? Person? For PG, he can't worry about what people say. They just talking. Like if you a hooper, and I, I've seen PG play live. He a real hooper. Don't let nobody tell you he not no hooper. He a real hooper. So salute to PG. Uh, the most pressure player in the Western Conference, to me, I love this player, but I think Damian Lillard, mm-hmm. like, for real, like, because if, if they don't perform well and you have CJ, Mc- <laughs> Mello, Nert, uh, Powell, Covington, all these players – and you the head of the snake and you don't and your team doesn't at least make it to the second round or even don't make it to the second round and don't have an opportunity to play the Lakers and really compete against them what are we doing with this basketball team now right because the Warriors are not the Warriors they're still missing Clay Wiseman and other key players and you know other players in that Western Conference are banged up if you don't if you can't win with this team right even though y'all have battle injuries what does the future look like for the Portland Trailblazer? Does and that's not that's not an indictment on Damian Lillard. I think it's an indictment on what direction the organization wants to go on from a star player like Dame. So I think the most pressure in this playoff series, in terms of if a player doesn't 
com um, compel his team to get to the next round, it's probably going to be Damian Lillard. Because, and the reason I say Damian Lillard and not Paul George is because I feel like the Clippers are going to win the first round. They're going to make it to the Western Conference Finals, in my opinion. Um, it's going to be a Laker versus uh, Clippers Western Conference Final. I believe that. So. Mm, interesting, interesting. Well, that was a great playoff preview. Uh, any last words? Man, it's always great kicking it with my young bro. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, tap in. You came, pulled up on me last week. Gotta do it again, man. <laughs> for sure, for sure, for sure. So I'm looking forward to everything. I'm looking forward to this this playing game that's coming up in about uh, a little over an hour as well, too. But ladies and gentlemen, that was episode 109 of The Caesar Show. Make sure to subscribe on all forms of social media at The Caesar Show. And on that note, we out. Peace.